Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. So, hey, everybody, this is Scott with Exploring Washington State. And today, my guest is uh, Professor Nick Zetner at Central Washington University. And uh, uh, Nick, why don't you introduce yourself? You'll do better than I will. Well, thanks, Scott. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, I met you, uh, what was it, uh, two minutes ago? Uh, and uh, It's been a long time. <laughs> uh, I teach geology here uh, at the college in Ellensburg. I understand you went to the school for a while. Yes, uh, be- yes, I did. <laughs> before I was here, I, I arrived in uh, in 1992, and I've, I'm, I'm kind of the old man of the department now, and I'm, I'm chugging along with with my teaching, but I've been doing more and more public outreach type things, kind of most of it just for myself, but it's kind of gotten hardwired into my job description as well. So I'm, I'm teaching and I'm also doing a variety of things for the public and it's a, it's a real pleasant thing. So what got you started doing the the public outreach, if you will, what, what was the inspiration there? It's a good question. Uh, because it's not a common thing in my world, my academic world. You know, there's very set rules when you work at a university, especially if you have a PhD, which I do not. I stopped at a master's degree because I kind of saw where the PhD world would be heading for me, okay. which was a rather kind of a confined and rigid world. And I, I just had a natural interest in communicating this amazing geology stuff to a broad audience. I felt like that was just missing. Even early on when I was a student, I just thought, well, this is, I'm sure people would love to hear about this. Uh, And especially before the internet or programs like yours or websites like you're running, it was just, there was no effort put in, very little effort to put into uh, communicating what science is. So that was always in the back of my mind. And then one thing led to another, and and uh, and here we are. So I've, because we met two minutes yeah. ago, or now it's four minutes ago. <laughs> um, we've doubled our time together. It feels like one minute. I, now. yeah. <laughs> so last night, I I happened to, probably near the end of your live stream, pop on, and you were at Saddle Rock in Wenatchee, yeah. um, up walking around, and I live right by there, and yet I've not climbed to where you are yet. <laughs> um. So here you are, you're, you're out, you're doing a live stream while hiking, which I applaud you for because the paramedics would be pulling me <laughs> off, off the mountainside. Cause I, I need to get more, but what, okay. You live in the center of the state. Yeah. It's pretty easy to get to anywhere in our state from Ellen's. Um, and so that's to me kind of an interesting point about the Wenatchee and Ellensburg area is that, you know, really we're three hours away from just about anything from the ocean, Mount Rainier to, to the, the plains. And I'm looking at your Seattle times. There's a Seattle times article that was done in 17 and you're sitting in front of elephant mountain lava yeah. flow east of east of Ellensburg. Where is that? Just help me with that. Where's that it's at? One of my favorite places. Uh, it's uh, it's called the drum heller channels. So the okay. nearest little town is Othello. So south of Moses Lake, kind of northwest of Othello, and it's 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 otherwise known as the Columbia Wildlife Refuge. But it's 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 protected land, and it is a very important place geologically. It's where a guy named J. Harlan Bretz a hundred years ago was out walking around on foot and was finding all this amazing evidence for a tremendous flood during the ice age and he started publishing his papers 
in the 1920s. And he was an academic. He worked at the University of Chicago. He had all this amazing field evidence. And for most of his life, nobody believed him that there was an Ice Age flood. And Drumheller Channels, that place with those crazy rock columns and these potholes. And if people know O'Sullivan Dam or they go out to Mardon and they're fishing, it's just it's just to the south of there. It's one of my favorite places. And it's one of many, many uh, very unique places, as you say, uh, not very far away from us here in central Washington. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating. I drive. Um, so I know very little about this topic. So, but I, I want to ask yeah. you, so I drive out to Cooley Dam. Okay. Um, and so I go out banks. Uh-huh. Lake. What, what would you call that? What, what is that right there? Um, is it anyway? It looks very strange to me. It does not look like it belongs to the state's topography at all. It, it looks, I almost feel like, you know, it's a, what, what, what happened there? And help me out because I'm stumbling over my words. But This is perfect. That area. You, you are a natural geologist right here, Scott, because all it takes is a certain eye to go, well, this place looks weird. I wonder what happened here. And that's just the beginning. And then. If you take some geology classes or now you're able to watch live streams or geology videos or read papers on your own, you can kind of teach yourself. Uh, Yeah, the drive from basically uh, Cooley City up to Cooley Dam, you're going up through the upper Grand Cooley. And that valley is also famous because of its shape. The, The floor is perfectly flat. The walls are perfectly vertical. And for a long time, geologists would visit that place and go, what in the hell happened here? I don't understand. This is not like uh, the Wenatchee River Valley. This is not like the Columbia River Gorge down by Portland. This is not like someplace over by Spokane. And again, it's an Ice Age flood story that Dry Falls, I know you maybe stop and use the restroom at Dry Falls or buy yourself an ice cream cone or whatever. I don't know what your route is to go from Wenatchee up to Cooley Dam. What is your route? Do you uh, stop at Dry Falls? Typically, no, I've never been oh, to Dry okay. Falls. Um, so when I go, typically I go up uh, Wenatchee, I go to Waterville. Yeah, okay. uh, was it Highway Highway yeah. Two? Is it, yeah. So I go Highway Two to Cooley to Cooley okay. City, and then I just follow it along up to Cooley Dam, well, Electric City. Well, uh, Dry uh, Falls is about a mile south of Cooley City. So if you just hang a right on State Route 17, you basically okay. hang a right from that area and, and start heading towards Soap Lake, you'll there's a pull out there and it's a for many people, especially going north south, that's a, an obvious place to stop. It's called Dry Falls State Park. And uh, Dry Falls is where there used to be a huge waterfall, as the name implies. And so a huge a series of water uh Missoula floods came down through the upper Grand Coulee where Banks Lake is today. That used to be a dry valley. Uh, there were orchards there back 100 years ago, et cetera. But back, you know, 15,000, 16,000 years ago, there was amazing amounts of uh, Ice Age floodwater coming down. And the whole, the whole point is those are two places now, Drumheller Channels and now the Banks Lake kind of Grand Coulee where you have a very specific geology story that is awe-inspiring and, and captures people's imagination. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, no pun intended. So we can go 
you know, your canyon, there's a story there. Uh, Saddle Rock, where I was hiking last night above Wenatchee, there's a specific story there. Mount Stewart, rock that came from Mexico. I mean, it's... What? Wait. Stop. <laughs> Mount Stewart, rock that came from Mexico. I flip that one in there. You, you're, you're... No, no, no. You're going to, you're going to, please share, please share. Yeah, yeah. How do we get rock from Mexico? You, I don't you understand. You haven't tuned me out yet. That's good. You're, you're, <laughs> good. you're a good host. Um, yeah. I mean, the, some of these stories are almost impossible to absorb at first, um, uh, at first listen. There was a geology professor at Western over in Bellingham in the late 1960s, and he started banging around on the granite of Mount Stewart and the Stewart Range and the enchantments. Um, are you familiar where I'm talking now? I am, from, I am familiar okay. with the enchantments, yes. Um, so his name was Merle Beck, and Merle started sampling that granite and studying the alignment of the magnetic minerals that are in the granite. So the granite of Mount Stewart and the rest of the Stewart Range is 93 million years old. And so that means that it used to be molten magma underground and it cooled slowly into form this granite. But the magical thing is you can study a granite paleomagnetically, make these measurements with this, this, this magnetite mineral, and determine the ancient latitude on the earth where that granite actually cooled, went from liquid to solid. And so you go, okay, wow. well, I'm sure his answer must have been, you know, 47 degrees north latitude like we are now. Well, it turns out it was 23 degrees north latitude, which is present-day Baja, Mexico. And so he started publishing papers saying, look, this granite that's now in the enchantments actually formed in Mexico and then was moved gradually by San Andreas fault-like earthquakes almost 2,000 miles to come up here in freaking Chelan County. And everybody said the guy was nuts. And here we are 40, 50 years later, 40 years, I guess, approaching 40. No, it was his first paper was in 1970. So yeah, 50 years ago. Years and ago, now yeah. there's a whole bunch of evidence, not just that paleomagnetic evidence, to confirm that that, in fact, is true, that there are many locations in western Washington in particular, uh, Swakane Biotite and Ice, just north of Wenatchee, that, that, what is it, Birch Mountain? You go up kind of in that subdivision just north, um, I'm trying, struggling with Easy Street. <laughs> Easy yeah. Street, yes. Easy right. Street. You go north yes. of Easy Street, and that that prominent peak north of Wenatchee, that is stuff that was way down south and got moved. I mean, it's so you get you can get people pretty easily into this geology world that if those that took a geology class long ago, you know, it's a science class, and here's here's what the definition of an andesite lava, you know, it's all this kind of. Stuff names and you're like learning a foreign mm -hmm. language and there's not a whole lot of captivating stuff but i i and many of others have kind of fallen into this visual story type approach which is based in science but it can it can grab a whole bunch of people not just kind of science nerds okay so if the stewards well he's processing now this is good i can see it if the stewards were formed in Baja, what we know as Baja, right. and now they're yeah. here. Wouldn't that 
to me, wouldn't that mean that all the rocks between there and the Stuarts would have been pushed up as well? I mean, yes. Okay. So it's not, it's not one isolated little patch of ground. So the, the concept is called Baja BC. If you Google Baja BC geology, you'll find all sorts of papers and stuff. So most, most of the land that was originally in Baja is now in BC, British Columbia. And oh, wow. we're just, you know, the trailing edge of this of this block of material. But the trick is And how many how many how many years ago? Well that's that's the whole thing. So you you have to be in a particular window of time for this story to work. And so okay. you, you know folks that kind of take the bait with this, now they're going, oh God, they're looking at every oh I see Baja BC everywhere. <laughs> I, was, I was fly fishing, I saw Baja no 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 no. So it's between 85 and 60, between 85 and 60 million years ago is when this 2,000 miles of movement happened. And you're like, you, so like, well, let me grab a napkin here. Let me, let me pencil this out. Is this even possible? You know, and you start. I've got my note that over here. <laughs> you can't really see me, but I'm, I'm yeah. quietly trying to jot right. down things. <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, you have to, you have to uh, scan your notes and send it to me. I'll grade it for you. Uh, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the idea is that um, we have known uh, land shifting measurements on the San Andreas Fault in California. Each time there's a big earthquake on a segment of the San Andreas Fault, the west side of the fault shifts north, uh, you know, 10, 15 feet compared to the other side. Oh. So if you've got 25 million years worth of time and you and you do these little San Andreas fault-like earthquakes one at a time, you really can move crust that much, that far. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that, so that's so are we keeping track now? We got a couple of Missoula floods things which is like So what's a Missoula flood? What's a Missoula flood? Well, Cuz I'm thinking Montana. As you should. So during okay. the ice age the glaciers were huge. There was an ice sheet covering all of Canada. That ice got down into northern Washington, and it ponded a bunch of water in western Montana. We call it Glacial Lake Missoula. And so many of the valleys of western Montana were under standing water, and there was an ice dam in northern Idaho. Uh, if you know Sand Point or Lake Ponderé, that's kind of ground zero for that. Okay. And then there was finally enough water in Glacial Lake Missoula to break the ice dam, and there was a catastrophic draining of the water in Montana, and that water came down the Grand Coulee. That water came through Drumheller channels, and we know there were dozens of these floods. It didn't just happen once. Okay. So one of the Scott, one of the recipes here you've already gotten to be kind of into this. And that is, you know, some of these places you've done that drive up to Cooley dam. You've, you've, I don't know, whatever, you know, you're driving to the store or something else. And you see, so these, these places are landmarks that many of us know quite well. And so you're already interested in the topic because I'm talking about these places. You have maybe some personal history. And then if you throw in a couple of these stories with some, some new ways to think about it, it really grabs folks. So I grew up in the Tacoma okay. area. And so, so as a kid in the 60s and 70s, you know, 
because everything revolves around the west side of the state. Of you know, the, the east side doesn't I, exist. I, 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 but we really just think of the Cascades. <laughs> you know, we just think of Baker, Rainier, um, St. Yeah. Helens and all of that. And then and then St. Helens did her thing in, what, 79 or 80? Yeah. 80. Yeah, and when I came over to college into Ellensburg, um, it looks very different in Ellensburg than it does in Western mm-hmm. Washington. And then driving around in my, you know, the Ellensburg area has, you know, um, Menashtash and going down to Yakima through the, to the Yakima Canyon and all of that. I didn't get out much when I was in college cause I was a college kid. Yeah. But now, um, driving say from, from home in Wenatchee down to tri cities. That's kind of an interesting, sure it is. um, going back over across into Western Washington and looking, say at, um, and I'm drawing a blank as to what the mountain is in the Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really a mountain. They call it a mountain, but it's, I think, what, 8,000? Well, it's 8,000. What is, it's it just, so to me, the topography of the state of Washington is 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 radically different where, wherever you go. And it's it's kind of a very interesting and very diverse place. Your your Disneyland reference is actually like, yeah, I can kind of right. see that. But I guess my my thought, my very layman's thought was always that the somehow the Columbia River was the key to all of this. And and I don't know. I mean, what do you mean about the Columbia and how it's, how it's meandered across the state and, and what, what has it done and how does that impact anything or does it? There's another story with another set of ideas. So the Columbia, as we understand it today has really no impact on Western Washington. But as far as Eastern Washington is concerned, yeah, the Columbia itself is truly older than much of the ridge country that you see. Oh. That's backwards from the way most people would think of it. They think, oh, well, the ridge must have been there forever. And then, oh, the Columbia River is like going right through the ridge. Well, I guess the river must have found a, a weak spot in the ridge. Like, let me give you an example. Like, Sentinel Gap is just south of Vantage, and the Columbia River heads right for that ridge south of Vantage, and it goes right through the frickin' ridge. And you're like, gee, I wonder how, you know, if you're thinking like this, you'd think, well, I wonder what happened there. Well, we have great evidence to to prove that the Columbia River was there when the the whole uh, eastern Washington was perfectly flat, and that those ridges weren't there. So the river was there first, and then the ridges started growing again, earthquakes, uh, to uplift that crust and make saddle mountains rise on both sides of, of the Columbia. Or I could, use, I could use an example more close to your home. Same story with the, eh, no, that's not true. Um, the Yakima River Canyon, which you mentioned, same idea. It's this mm-hmm. crazy curving river, the Yakima River between Ellensburg and Yakima, and the Canyon Road, therefore, is this crazy looping. If you look on a a, a map, you know, that canyon is squirrely. Uh, but it's cutting right across these ridges. So the river was there first, and then the ridges grew on opposite sides. You see, if you would have asked me that question, was the river there first, or did or it was the yeah. river, you know, I would have I would have I guarantee you I would have lost that. Uh, I think most that would. I think I probably would have before, you know, I started studying how how you can kind of read the landscape. And that's kind of what we do here. You know, I, I remember one of my first geology field trips. I, I'm from Wisconsin, so I, I'm here on purpose. You know, this is, this is a choice <laughs> to be here because of all this great stuff. 
and I'm, I'm, Wisconsin was a great place to grow up, but I remember my first true field trip was with a glacial geology professor at the University of Wisconsin, and we were all in this, um, you know, kind of like an ANA motor coach kind of a thing. So he's got the microphone up there in the front, you know, and we're driving around southern Wisconsin, and he's talking the entire time. And he's like, well, you look over there. You got that hill. So the ice was there. And then here's this Ice Age River that went through that. And he was talking about these places I've driven around my whole, you know, first 18 years of life. I'd never thought about it. And it, it was like he had magical glasses on or something where he could see all this stuff. <laughs> and none of us could see anything. And I'm like, I'd like to learn how to do that. That guy is seeing a whole different world. And that's. That's kind of what we're talking about here. Now, let me ask you a question, Scott. Okay. What's the name of this uh, uh, podcast and the 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 site that you are working so hard on? Sure. the The podcast name is Exploring Washington mm-hmm. State, and the the website, believe it or not, is called Explore Washington okay. State. Now, is this is this uh, something that you started recently? Uh. The the podcast absolutely okay. yes. Uh, de- depending on when this this uh, is released, it will be in the first ten okay. episodes. So yes, very you're very uh, you're very early in the evolution of this the uh, the podcast. Nice. Yeah, exactly. And the, site? the, yeah. the site's been going since 2017. Okay. Um, what was what was so your we, motivation to get that rolling? Oh, I hate this question. Um, the, really, the motivation was in, in 2017, I, I, and I still am. I, I'm a real estate mm-hmm. broker. And the the point was we were going to spin up these little explore, insert, explore Ellensburg, explore Tacoma. Right. And we're going to spin up all these little sites with the, the hope that people would go to find out more about Tacoma because they were thinking to move yeah. there. And then lo and behold, there'd be real estate ads for them to click on and they would buy houses. Uh-huh. From us. And... I didn't feel good. About oh, that. wow. I just, uh, we don't get me started on my industry. Uh, <laughs> let's just, let's just say I have, I, I have, I've been doing a very specific niche of real estate for a decade plus now, and it, it doesn't need me to get buyer leads. Mm-hmm. So one of my assistants said to me, well, Hey, why don't we, um, instead of doing it by the city, why don't we just, do the whole state. And, um, and I did a quick Google or I went on to GoDaddy and looked and literally the domain explore Washington state had literally just expired. Ah. And I, and I, I purchased it. So we started doing that and it's, it's morphed around a little bit. Um, and now the team and I, I, I have, uh, I have three, three editors who put the articles together. We have, people that contribute content to us. Um, and then my daughter runs our Instagram people. That's typically where people find us is on Instagram mm-hmm. and she lives in Europe and it's kind of fun that she, she gets to work for me from Europe. So she's, she's raising her children and is g- getting to stay in touch with home because it's that's her very job. cool. So we do this. And so the, the basic premise of it is, is that Washington state's a pretty amazing yeah. place. Um, I don't think we need another article about the space needle. Um, you, you can find, and nothing wrong with the space needle, no, no disrespect, but you know, so let's talk about things that you don't inherently know 
just because you live in Washington state. So we don't need to necessarily talk about the space needle, even Mount Rainier. I mean, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. mountain. I do kind of miss seeing mm-hmm. it because I grew up in its shadow, sure. but it's really well documented. You don't need a lot of cheerleaders for that, but let's talk about interesting little places. Uh, people that are doing interesting things. Let's find people like yourself. I mean, like I said, when we started this, I didn't know who you were, but when I, when we sent out a request to our, to our fans, your name came up and I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, and it was like, and I'm, and you're prolific though. I mean, you, how do you create so much content? What, cause you're, you're like last night you were live on saddle rock and I, I'm going to guess you're going to do something. You're here with us now. And then maybe later today, you're going to go do something else. It, uh, yeah. how, how do you do well, it? it? It, uh, <laughs> Specifically, this this project uh, came about because of the pandemic. Um, okay. So we're in uh, mid-March and everything's shutting down uh, for all of us. Of course, not just in central Washington. We're talking about the world pretty much. And uh, I had been, you know, I get a lot of feedback from folks from the other kind of projects that I have. And they kept saying, why don't you do live streaming? That would be kind of fun. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know. Maybe I will. I don't know. And anyway, when, when all this stuff kind of happened in mid March and suddenly my calendar was absolutely open, which unnerved me. I I like to stay busy and productive. And I'm like, good Lord, I got, what, what am I looking at here? The next four months or four weeks, I'm not doing anything. So I taught myself, I'd read a little bit. I sent out some stuff on social media. What should I, I'm thinking seriously about live streaming for the first time. Should I go Facebook live or Instagram live or YouTube? And they said, well, I think you got a YouTube channel, don't you? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I do. I kind of forget. (laughs) So uh, uh, I decided to start uh, live streaming using my, my, you know, my iPhone 11. And... I think one of the surprises to many, but I guess not for me anymore, is that people want to connect. I'm yeah, not absolutely. even sure it matters we're talking about geology. They they want to connect with uh, a community. And if you're screwing around, fumbling around, something just fell, the, the audio isn't working, you're getting real-time help from people during these live streams. Uh, that that just bonds you more with with who's watching, and so I started doing these things from my backyard, and then I started having guests over in my backyard when when we went to move to phase two here in Kittitas County, and then then okay. again people are like, hey, well, how, why don't you? This is working. Why don't you go out and do a field trip? So I did a big hike over at Frenchman Cooley, and that kind of that worked pretty much. And then I was up on Saddle Mountain last night. Tomorrow morning, I'm actually going to be back over in your area with a very special guy, Randy Lewis. Uh, I guess this will be posted later, huh? But uh, uh, by the time your folks hear this, it'll be after the fact. But Saturday morning, June 6th, I'm going to be live streaming with Randy Lewis, who's a a magical guy, Native American, who lives in Wenatchee and knows all the old stories. And it's a rare treat to... Oh wow, that'll yes. be awesome! I'm looking very much forward to that one. So it, it's like most of the things I've done. There's no plan. I just kind of am willing to try new things, and whether it's TV or or YouTube lectures or this sort of thing, it's it, it's all just uh, in 
it makes me feel like I'm productive and helpful to people, and it, there's just a certain joy to the whole thing. Well, you're you're a great ambassador for for Central. Um, I think that you know you're just you're out there, and your willingness and your you're so prolific. You're, you you know the byproduct of that is that Central is being given a more brand awareness, if you yeah. will. And, you know, second of all, you're a great ambassador for the state of Washington because the stories that you've shared so far, just, you know, they're, they're, I've lived here all my life and I had no clue. Well, thank you for that. Scott. And, and then I watched, once again, let me reemphasize. We met 30, 30 minutes, minutes ago. ago. I, I watched one of your videos last night. I, I don't know which one it was. You were in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Somebody sent you a box oh. and you opened, you opened a box up. So before I continue, I'd like to ask you how I'm going to guess that that's not the first box you've received from people. Yeah. How did that come about that people are mailing you things? Well, um, over the years, there's been a lot of effort to monetize what I'm doing. You know, I work with, uh, producers of a PBS program for television. And they're like, Oh, we got to get sponsors. We got to do this and that. I'm like, oh, I'm not interested in that. And, you know, many of these other things I've been doing and I'm just afraid of the money part of it. Now you're, you're kind of a, you know, you're a real estate guy, business guy. You kind of know your way around that world. Uh, I don't, I'm yeah. not trained that way. I don't, I, the whole thing just intimidates me and, and I just want it to be as pure as possible. So I okay. was very clear with the folks on this live stream. I mean, there's now a thousand people watching every night from around the world. They're literally typing in comments from you know all these countries. Last yeah. night, you're the you're the first live stream that I've I've uh-huh. ever watched yeah. that the comment yeah. thread was fluid. <laughs> it was just it just it's fluid. bizarre. I was I was I was yeah. shocked. Yeah. Uh, good okay. for you. So, so to answer your question, so I, I was pretty clear up front. I, I want to do this. I don't want any kind of, you know, I people are, oh, do the super chat thing. Monetize this. You can get, uh, and I'm literally mocking all this advice I got. So, you know, I have like fake sponsors. I'm like, this episode brought to you by Vinman's Bakery in Ellensburg. You know, it's, a, it's the whole joke. <laughs> um and so, but yet people, many people, they, they want to give somehow and they're like, okay, so this guy's not going to accept money or whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to send them cookies or I'm going to bring drop off a bottle of wine. I'm going to drive through on the way from Spokane. And, and, you know, I've been live streaming enough from my house. They kind of can figure out where I live basically. Well, Ellensburg's not that big of a place. Yes, I'm sure. Well, so this episode that mm-hmm. I watched, and I didn't watch all of it. I was just sure. watching part of it. You you opened up a box, and in it were some rocks. Right. And honestly, my first thought was the shipping had to be yeah. horrible on yeah. that. Okay, that was my right. first thought. Then the next thought was you were reading the note. from. It was a guy who sent you a card, and he said, please share the, the dark bottle. And you pulled out two two bottles of beer and one was a, a, a Corona, which you kind of smirked at. And the, and the other, and the other was polygamy. Yeah, yeah. And you started, you started reading the label and I'm thinking this episode brought to you by polygamy Porter. And I was, I just, I, your delivery was hysterical. I loved it. And then my mind went to, they mailed you rocks and glass bottles. Right. 
in the same package. <laughs> That's where my mind went. And I, I just thought it was absolutely um, amazing that you've got this connection with people absolutely. and they're, they're, they're sending you things creatively. I don't know. I, I don't know what other boxes you've received. You know, maybe that was the coolest box you've ever gotten, or maybe it's pretty normal for you. <laughs> but I thought your delivery of kind of, you didn't say this up. Maybe did you say this episode brought to you by? You kind no. of, you kind of held it up, and I was just laughing. I thought well, that thanks. was pretty funny. Yeah. By this point, you know, there's there's regulars, so there's a bunch of inside jokes and uh, all sorts of other okay. references okay. to this, and there's kids watching, you know, so I got to watch my mouth sometimes. So I'm. Sure. Uh, my mom's watching in Wisconsin. She's like scolding me the next day, you know. Uh, so it, it, the whole thing's, uh, you know, re- unrehearsed, as real as possible. And um, I, I can't keep this up. I'm doing five of these a week. So I've been at, I don't know what it is now, approaching 60 of these live streams since wow. uh, mid-March. So I, I think we're going to start. Uh, well, I, I really don't know. I'm just going week to week, I guess is what I'll say. So that's what I was yeah. going to ask you is that, you know, at some point the assumption is we're going to go back to, you know, quote unquote life as right. we knew it, you know, right. going to be within six, you know, three feet of each other right. or whatever. And you're going to go back into the classroom yeah. at some right. point. And so you're not going to have that abundance of time, but do you think that that's something that you will continue to do in some capacity doing, doing these live streams, maybe on the weekends or. I, Taking- I think it would be foolish to just shut the thing down completely because of the um, the the numbers, the number of people involved. It's it's a positive thing. It's it's a, it's been a tonic for many as we struggle with all this stuff uh, in the world, and so it's an escape. It's a connection. It's a community. So yeah, it, I know that I'll do something using kind of now that I know what I'm doing. But I, I don't know what that is. I think if I try to live stream from my classroom, uh, that could work actually. Now that I think, if I don't have other people on film, there's all. I think there's some rules about you can't show students' faces. On I don't. I, I, I got to look into that. Yeah. But anyway, it's 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 the latest example of. I just try to go for it. I don't take myself too seriously. Um, if there's a bunch of, you know malfunction and this and that i just kind of roll with it you know it's i don't think I, I don't think people want there's plenty of like polished professional whatever uh, out mm-hmm. there and i think many are wanting something a little bit more real and and uh, and real oftentimes means completely goofy and just kind of a, a circus it was a circus last night up on saddle mountain we got wind and we're in the shade and I've got a fan coming up in the middle of it and talking, you know. Oh, jeez. So, so are you, okay. So let me ask you this. <laughs> are you, are you, are you being recognized now when you go out? I mean, do you have that? Have you hit that level of celebrity that, Hey, you're the guy from the live streams or you're the guy from YouTube. Yeah, it's coming. It's happening more and more. It's, it's so nice. Funny. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> It makes you, you know, it just makes you feel good. People, people love um, learning. They love learning new things. They like to be kind of associated with a certain group of people who have a certain kind of uh, momentum of their own, you know. So it's, 
And uh, right. there's got to be content. I just can't be up there screwing around, you know. So there's got to be some stuff we actually cover that, that is stimulating for them. So I make sure that there's a, a decent balance there. Well, in our show notes, I'll make sure is I'll make sure I link to to your page and all that, and people can go and explore. And I would encourage them to do so because you're you're informative and and entertaining. So Thank I'll give you. you that. So let me ask you. I'm putting you on the spot sure. for this question. So you call you call Washington State the Disneyland here for that. Where's your Where's your favorite? What's your favorite place? In, in as far as this the you know the the elephant mountain flow lava right. flow or what is the what's that place that you like if i said you can only go to one more place you can go back to one place where would you go one answer would be chelan chelan okay. uh, i even did a youtube lecture a few years ago that people could find if they're interested it's called lake chelan geology the intro to that lecture was if i made up a friend that i had on the east coast and i just called him jerry and I said, I said, okay, well, Jerry says he's coming out to see all this geology he's been learning there, watching these programs. But he said, I only got one day. So take me to, you know, show me as much as you can in one day. And I'm like, well, I guess I'd take him to Chelan because they've got these Missoula floods. They've got this incredibly deep lake. They've got this bizarre zebra-looking rock that you see on 97A as you go up on the west side of the river. A big earthquake fault the biggest earthquake uh, in Washington state history, 1872. Um, we just found where that earthquake fault is. It's in Spencer Canyon, which is right across the river from Orondo. Well, let me ask you, let me stop you there. You just found the earthquake right. fault, uh, 150 right. years right. later. How, how, how did you find, how, how do we find faults like that? What, please explain. One of the really cool things about geology is that there's always work to be done. There's always mysteries that are hanging out there. So it was December of 1872. There was a hell of an earthquake, probably estimated magnitude 7.4, somewhere between Chelan and Wenatchee. And nobody knew exactly where the ground broke, but there were all these, you know, there's white folks in the area in 1872, so they're, they're, writing down some of the reports. There's a couple of basic little newspaper accounts from you know, the whole region. People are feeling this in Seattle, et cetera. It's a big earthquake. And okay. so between 1872 and uh, five years ago, we couldn't figure out where the actual fault was. Well, there's this new stuff called LIDAR where you can get very detailed images, uh, aerial ph- photographs essentially, but you can digitize it so that all the vegetation is removed magically. You can see real detailed images of land surfaces. And one of the geologists who works for the USGS was really trying to find this, we call it a scarp, a fault scarp where the ground actually, you could, you know, broke. You should be still be able to see where the ground actually broke cleanly from a hundred plus years ago. And using the imagery, the LIDAR imagery, he said, well, God, we got to go up to that Spencer Canyon. I think I see something that might be the actual crack. So they went out, got permission, private land, blah, blah, blah. And then they thought it was. Then they took some samples. Then they got some radiocarbon dates from some of the organic material. End of story. They, they had enough field evidence to prove that really was the 
the place that the ground broke. Now, the final part of the story is back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, it was a political game. Oh, you want to build some dams on the Columbia? Well, you know, there's no earthquake problems here. Oh, what about that 1872 thing? Oh, I'm sure that ep- I think that epicenter was over there on the Western Washington somewhere. You know, I mean, it's fascinating. <laughs> Until you get good evidence, you can't uh, be very clear about important decisions like that. So, okay. So I interrupt. I interrupted Shalan though. So what else? What else is in there in oh, Shalan that you've? You're, 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 Jerry's coming out. You're going to take him to Shalan. Okay, yeah. Is there? Hopefully Jerry has good uh, hygiene habits. So we're going to be in the car all day together. Uh, the 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 lake itself, Lake Chelan, is a battleground between two lobes of the ice sheet that came from Canada. So one lobe of the ice flowed west up the lake, and the other lobe of the ice came east down the lake, and they met. And so you've got ice sheet, you've got Ice Age floods coming down the Columbia and leaving these huge gravel bars. The bedrock itself is very unusual rock called migmatite that's usually formed uh, 15, 20 miles below the surface, and yet it's at the surface. So there was an incredible amount of uplift. Oh, the list goes on and on. So Shannon would be one answer. Another answer would be Wenatchee, I have to say. There's much of what I just described also right there in Wenatchee. So you live in a very special place. Uh, We, 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 it was funny when when our story, we moved over here was, is that I, uh, I was tired of, it was, well, I was burning out. I was managing some, some real estate offices where I had a hundred and some brokers that I was responsible for hurting cats. And I was, driving 30 miles each way to the office. And on top of that, I did my, my, my real estate space business and my father, uh, his health was deteriorating and I wanted to spend more time with, with my mom and my dad and my wife and I just started like, well, if we could leave, where would we go? And so we, you know, I, my two places that I said I wanted to move to were Port Townsend or Ellensburg. Ah. Well, Ellensburg got voted out because it's too windy. <laughs> Little did we know that Wenatchee is pretty windy too. <laughs> but Ellensburg got voted out because okay. of the wind. Port Townsend got voted out because of the rain and the the, the west side sure. dreariness. Okay, so we're we're visiting some friends of ours, and they're they're musicians, and they were playing in in um, Sun Katie and Cleelum, and um, they live they at that time they lived in Kashmir, mm-hmm. and. Uh, some of their friends were talking to my wife and they said, Oh, you should come to Wenatchee. You should look at Wenatchee. And I'm like, I don't know if I've ever, I might've gone to apple blossom when I was in college. I, I don't really right. remember. And so we came over here and, um, well, well, obviously is the story ends. We, we bought a house. My mom, dad moved over here with oh. us. Um, and, um, so I was able to spend the last few months of my dad's life, you know, present and, and, uh, able to you know be there and do that. And then now mom lives with us and we can keep an eye on her. And so it's, it's been great for Good. the family and it's a really interesting place. And so I had no idea really the criteria was we wanted, ultimately we wanted to be a little more blue sky and we needed good healthcare. And well, and actually had remarkably good healthcare for a town yes. of its size and it's got blue sky, but no one told us about the wind. That's not in the brochures that they give you when they say move to Wenatchee. <laughs> 
because uh, otherwise I might have been yeah. in Johannesburg. But you, you know, like Saddle Rock. So since I live here and I'll, I'll monopolize the Wenatchee sure. piece, do you know Saddle Rock? I don't know the the history of it, but from a from a geology point, what happened? There? It's a developing story, and that was the point of my broadcast last night. Um, not a whole lot of work has been done on Saddle Rock or Castle Rock or Stemilt Spires or uh, uh, yeah, Wenatchee Dome, we, we call it, Rooster Comb, all, all these little kind of pinnacles in the area. Right. But the emerging story, and more work is needed, um, is that those are all those well, let's just pick Saddle. Saddle Rock is 44 million year old rhyolite lava. And you're like, oh. it doesn't look a year over 42. <laughs> but okay. But from our point of view, then you go, okay, well, let's see. What do I know about what's going on with plate tectonics in Washington 44 million years ago? And you're like, well, wait a minute. That's too old for the Cascades. That's way too old for Mount Rainier and Mount Baker and those others. So this is an old volcano story. Well, that's interesting. And then you go, well, wait a minute. The chemistry of the rhyolite is not like the rhyolites up in the Cascades. Plus, there's a bunch of gold associated with that rhyolite. I don't know if you're aware, but there was a huge gold operation right there at Saddle Rock. I the Cannon Mine and the, and the Lovett Mine. Uh, they pulled out millions of dollars worth of gold and silver, and they stopped that in the early 90s. And much of that Saddle Rock hiking area is kind of reclaimed mining land. I do recall maybe that there was a cleanup yes. go, going on. Yes. There. Okay, so I didn't pay close enough attention. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That, so that, that so, so from my head. point of view, one of the biggest remaining questions about the geology of central Washington is what exactly is the connection between the gold over at Liberty, Washington, over by Blewett Pass, and the gold at Wenatchee, and even some of the gold up by Lake Cleellum. You're heading up towards Ronald and, and uh, uh, Cleellum, basically, and that's a whole seam of gold and igneous rocks that have similarities in ages and chemistries, but nobody's really been able to tie that all together. So um, I'm trying to convince some of the field geologists and some of the other experts to spend more time there because I, I think it would be a very interesting uh, set of results. That's, that's very fascinating. So you you just make sure I understood you. You're, are you. So you said that the Saddle Rock 45 million yep. years old, and you mentioned then that it's older than Rainier and the Cascades. Yes. Generally the Cascade volcanoes, have been there for about 40 million years. But individual mountains like Rainier are very young. Mount Rainier is half a million years old, and it's only been standing for half a million compared to being, oh. being uh, the entire mountain range being 40, 40 million years or so. So we kind of view the development of the history or the kind of construction of Washington as a state in different chapters, and that Cascade chapters pretty late in the book and and I'm I'm kind of giving you the message that the the Saddle Rock and Wenatchee and Gold story is is a couple chapters earlier than once we get to the Cascade story that's that's fascinating okay all right so 
in out of respect for your time, I mean, I could continue this conversation with you for much longer, but for respect for okay. your time. So one of the things we always do is, you know, we ask everybody like, cause we're all about Washington state. So like when you and the family want to go out, where do you guys like to go? What do you do f- when you're not climbing rocks and you're not live streaming? Um, well, where in Washington do you guys go? We love to go all across the Pacific Northwest. We hike and we're not big gadget people. So we don't have a big boat and a big RV and everything else. We just have a couple knapsacks and some water filters and my wife and I head out. And uh, so we do enjoy the Tianaway area, North of Ellensburg and uh, Mm -hmm. um, uh, just many hiking places here on in kind of the rain shadow of the Cascades. Uh, depending on the time of year. And then we love to eat, of course. So there are some places. In fact, last night I came down off, well, you know, people watched the live stream and there were some in Wenatchee who were watching. And and so they came up to visit afterwards, you know. So I'm hiking down and there's some people that were hiking up to say hi. And one couple in particular said, we drive all the way from Wenatchee to go to get a burger at Campus U Totem Burger in Ellensburg, Washington. Those are the best, the best French fries in the state. I'm like, you're kidding me. That's like two blocks from my house. And like, we know. We watch the live stream. We know where you live. That's Campus U Totem. Both very cool and kind of can be creepy at the same time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Campus U Totem. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I haven't heard that. I haven't thought about that okay. in a while. I'm kind of a te- I'm kind of a super mother. Okay, that that qualifies. I, that I kind of like that. And back in the day, uh, I really liked the Valley Cafe. Yeah. That was I always I used to go there for uh, when I was was attending school. I'd go there for back back then. It, coffee wasn't what it is today, so they had an espresso machine, which was kind of like outer worldly. Yep. Um, yeah. But that was the, the, those. But the Tav, I. I in fact, one of my college roommate lives in Seattle and his father lives in Walla Walla and they meet at the tab for lunch to get together. That's, that's, that's their story. It's always funny because they'll post it on Facebook. We're at the tab today. And yeah. Well, like, yeah. there's different ways to measure success, but from my point of view, uh, if you have a, an establishment where you have different generations there all the time, that's the yeah, tab, yeah. that's campus you told them. I mean, it, it's that good that you don't have one demographic. You got everybody there. And, and that's right. that's a that's a great part of the the tab story. I'll give you one brand new establishment here that uh, is very exciting and has been around maybe maybe a year or year and a half. The Red Pickle, um, and he just got out of a food truck and he's now got an establishment here on Third Avenue. I think we're going there tonight. He just opened up again. Mar uh, Mario uh, is, I think, Guatemalan or some Central American fare. So he's got an interesting kind of angle on burgers and other things, but it's and tacos. So it's a wonderful place. So you can see me because we're doing this with kind of a video yeah. screen, but they the audience can't see me making this kind of laughing face. My very first guest, Nicole. <laughs> I was asking her this question and she goes, Oh, I'd love to go to the red pickle. And I'm like going, okay, what is it now? They're being recommended. I'm going to go try it. Um, I just think it's, I'm just laughing because it's like, here we go. (laughs) Another, another recommendation for, which I love. I love the fact that, that a restaurant, a, a business is 
creating that sort of buzz and following that people want to go and, you know, and say something like, you know, Hey, where do you go for dinner? Where do you, where do you like to go for lunch? You go, let's go here. And that's kind of, uh, they're doing it right. Is well, the way he's definitely it, you know. doing it right. And he, he, it's old school. He, he greets everybody. They walk in, you know, he's comes to everybody's table and the whole, the whole experience, really? uh, not only the food and the, and he does specialty drinks. He's got a fancy bar there, but, uh, you know, I'm an older guy. I, I like that personal touch and, uh, he's, he's committed a hundred percent. So let since we're giving him an unofficial yes. plug. Where in Ellensburg is the red pickle? It is downtown Ellensburg. It's on third Avenue. Let's see. The cross street is, uh, is that Pearl pine. I guess it's third and pine and, okay. uh, DNM coffee used to be there, but they've moved to a different location. So it's the old DNM location. If people know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So if, if this episode's not, well, if this episode hasn't created questions in, in your mind, we probably missed the mark for the audience. They haven't listened this far, but if they're still listening and they want to find more about you and what you're doing, where can they find you at? I, I created a website called nickzentner.com. Actually my name, nickzentner.com because I, uh, for a while, people were having a hard time finding all these different stuff that I'm doing, a podcast and, a, and the live streams and the PBS stuff and these old two-minute geology episodes. So I put it all in one place. So nickcentner.com, got, got everything okay. in one place. Perfect. So I'll put that down in the show notes below this so people can click thank on it you. and find it. Um, thank you very much for your time. Um, I've known you now yes. an hour. And it's, it's been a very enjoyable hour for me. I've really, I I've learned more now. You, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, the reality is I have more questions now than I did an hour ago, That's a, um, which yeah. is kind of fun actually. So I've learned a lot and it's a good day when I can learn something, nothing, you know, I always think a good day when you learn something. Totally. So uh, this has been awesome. So thank you very much for being on the show and uh, would love to have you on again. If you're willing to give us some more of your time one of these thank days. Thank you, Scott. It's been a real pleasure to be with you. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And remember, there is always more to explore. Take care. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.